Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everybody loves Tarzan and her daddy. Hello and welcome to episode 292 of 20 Minute Tims. I'm your host Jamie and I'm joined by Stephen. You're welcome, you're welcome. And Melly. Yes. Hey, good week for the sale, I guess. What a week, what a week. Oh man, it feels good, it feels good to have our team back, Martin Melly. It does and that's what you said after the game, we've got our team back and that's exactly how I felt after the game as well. We, we've seen how this team's sort of developing over the past wee while but we've not had a game against them, a victory against them because we've simply not had a game. We stepped up to the plate and we're going into the game a bit, a bit wary of what was coming. We could we get the victory, but I did not expect to absolutely wipe the floor with them and what a feeling it was, man. I was sitting about last week saying it was going to be tough. It was going to be a tight game. Oh, I don't know which way it's going to go. Let's, let's give a good showing of ourselves, lads. All, yeah. that, all that pathetic nonsense we were hitting over last week, but... Oh, what a day. What a day. Sadly, as everyone will be aware, anyone mm. who caught last week's episode, I didn't make it. But, you know, for everything that's been going on in the last couple of years led to me missing that game. I feel mm. like I feel like everything that is built up since March 2020 was an elaborate practical joke, purely at my expense, so I would miss the game. Like, sure what, like one of Abada's perfectly timed runs out of the box. <laughs> COVID timed his run perfectly. And Didn't see it you. coming. Totally lost me. <laughs> snuck in behind me and grabbed it. Absolutely pathetic. We uh, obviously covered the game for Patreon. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims is where you can get extra podcasts and content in exchange for supporting us. So check that out. There'll be a link down here somewhere. We obviously covered the game for Patreon. You and I did the At The Match podcast, yep. Melly. And we were saying before it, just like Stephen said, just like you were saying before it, we were like, we need, we need to be careful. It's going to be a tight game. I was predicting either a narrow win or a draw. Gadoosh! <laughs> I never in a million years expected that. That seemed like everything Ange had been building up to for the past, since he walked in the door, that seemed like everything Ange was building up to led to that performance. Yeah, it did. It was as if it, the whole season's been building towards it. And just since we've got back from January's, look, look, boys, just give it. 70-80% will win these games mm. and then when we get to this one 100% and we'll absolutely do them because like, Celtic have been playing well but it's been tight games since we came back but this game everything clicked into place everything he spoke about even back at the start when he's talking about if you're on the other side you're still involved and everything he talked about just came to fruition and what a night for it to come to fruition in front of 60,000 Celtic fans 
absolutely demolished them three 0 and most importantly back on top back where we belong yeah. in a way it's just this just as well we had such a good start because Rangers took over after 25 minutes <laughs> and basically controlled the rest of the game <laughs> according to Gordon the wee man over, over he, must have, he must have snuck some Amsterdam's <laughs> finest in his sock on the way over here because I don't know what, where he's digging his opinions out from I mean took control it's been it's been firmly pointed out it's been abundantly pointed out that Celtic scored a further two goals after that <laughs> <laughs> and barely conceded a chance until they hit the bar quite late on so yeah I mean I've been amusing myself. We'll get into the, the different players and different performances because yeah. some of them deserve to be singled out. As much oh, as Ange isn't interested in that, Ange doesn't like singling out players after the game, we're allowed to do that. We are fans and we will pick out one or two to, to give due praise to because quite frankly, they deserve it. And some who maybe sometimes don't get the credit they deserve more than showed up on the night. But one thing that's been really amusing me since the game is Totting up all the ways that Rangers sort of won anyway. Yeah. See, if it wasn't for all the losing they did, they basically would have won the game. So but there was a, they took control of the game after yeah, 25 yeah. minutes. But my favourite is that not that they competed in the game, but it's a moral victory. It was a moral uh, victory for the the dignified Bears. Staunch the victory. My, my favourite, Stephen, was they only win because we let them win. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. did if that's the case? Uh, yeah. Why did you let us <laughs> don't, win? Don't do that. There's your, there's your first mistake. But I, I particularly enjoyed after the game. I saw some rare Rangers fans making the point that during the celebrations, obviously they'll go into the corners and do the wee did did thing. But someone said, someone noted that Callum McGregor was telling the players to just you know keep the heat, calm down a wee bit, and they went and celebrated anyway. So clearly they don't listen to their captain. So we've kind of won anyway you, when you think about it. Did you see that video the, 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 of the exact same moment? But did you see Hatati's reaction? Oh, he was gutted. Yeah, he, he he thought McGregor was telling him personally calm down, and I thought, mate, look, he's not talking. Just, we just don't get it. I don't think Callum McGregor was saying calm down. I think Callum McGregor was saying we. We go quietly and then we go, way. Do you know what we do? The, he was I, th sort of, I thought it was calmed down. I think so. Yeah. I thought he was just telling everyone the instructions to the dance or whatever mm. it was. Um, look, we've mentioned about radio. Stephen, you put a tweet out from 20 Minute Tim's Twitter account along the lines of, we should be mortified how much we paid for Rio Hattati. <laughs> Absolutely embarrassing. And we, we, honestly, I think there must have been some sort of admin error. I think, that was it 1.3 million or something? Ridiculous. Like? You think that Kawasaki Frontali, I think you, you pronounce it if I'm... Mm hopefully not butchering that. Um, do you think they thought they were getting 13 million? The decimal point was uh, in the wrong place? Oh, yeah, so, uh, wait a minute, Celtic, before you leave, it says here, right, keep in touch, yeah, yeah. yeah cheers, cheers for that. And the guy's just like, the CEO of Kawasaki's going to kill me, man. I've sold, <laughs> I've sold the best player in the country for 1.3 million. But, I mean, the... The recruitment, which we can come on to as well, has been outstanding this season. Mm. Among, the, I mean, probably even the best I've ever seen at Celtic. It's been absolutely oh, incredible. In the in the way, in the regard of building an entire team, because loads of managers we've had over the years and decades have added brilliantly to what was already there, such as Martin O'Neill, such as Wim Janssen, who signed Larson and Lambert and added mm. them on top of some some cracking players. But really, having built an entire team with almost no misses in the entire squad is incredible. But the signing of Hatati seems absolutely outrageous for for that kind of price. I don't know. I don't know how they've pulled it off. But frankly, I don't care. It's not really my job to care no. about how they managed to get it done. The fact is, they've pulled it. That's absolute masterstroke. And he's twenty four years old. It's not like he's you know. Well, we've somehow found like a Lubo type thing where he's been overlooked for decades, and he's actually thirty three. If only we'd signed them ten years ago, the guy's only going to get better. He's not up to speed yet, Melly. He's not. <laughs> he's not up to speed yet. I can't. Andrew I mean. He's, he finished a season in Japan and then came over to us. So this is really pre-season for him. These are pre-season run-outs. 
just getting started. And boy, oh boy, if that's him getting started, man, I'm excited to see him. Every time you see him, you're like, something's not right here. Mm. This guy's just too good already. He's, we thought Kyogo was an absolute superstar and he has turned out to be, but this guy as well, you're like, what a Rolls Royce of a player, just slotted into that midfield as if he's been there for years and just looks a class above everybody he's playing against. He's everywhere at all times doing everything brilliantly. That's basically how you sum up Rio Hatati when he's in that performance anyway. Yeah, even that point uh, in the first half where Rangers make a break from Ankhvazar corner and then the ball goes down the left-hand side and there he is just cutting across as a player just to see the ball out of play. Well, a 50-yard dash mm. to get back in there. He's prepared to do the hard work, but on top of that, the quality the guy's got is unbelievable. And we've seen the assists, we've seen the goals, but he just seems to be doing something every game. And this game was just peak Hitati, and we're probably going to get to see better from him as well. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere, the best you've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> just, I just come up with that. I don't know. <laughs> Straight off the dumpy. Straight off the top of the dumpy. Uh, he's absolutely transformed this team, though. He's transformed that midfield. And, you know, we'd had discussions. Um, a couple of weeks ago and on this podcast before about where does David Turnbull fit into this mm. Celtic team and we kind of got the feeling that David Turnbull wasn't Andrew's 100% complete type of player and if he could replace him out he, 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 may, he might look to do that but you're now looking at the performance that Hattati's putting in and you're thinking how does David Turnbull get back into this team really? Well I was thinking that at the, the weekend like, it's got I mean it's great to have options we're not yeah, putting oh, yeah, David yeah, Turnbull yeah. down here but I mean it's going to take somebody special to dislodge Hattati now yeah, and saying that as well, look, David Turnbull started every game he was available for Celtic. Yeah, yeah. Probably a lot out of necessity, but he was scoring goals, he was assisting, he was playing well, and this guy's come in and just been absolutely sensational. But we're not going to have, we've seen all season injuries, we come in and out, but if you're looking at Celtic's midfield options when he comes back, sort of McGregor and that number six and the rest of them, that's fine, but the the two positions above that, we've got Rogic, we've got Atati. Matt O'Reilly and O'Reilly as well. Yeah. So we'll get to him. Even if you're looking towards the game at Aberdeen on Wednesday night, like what midfield three do you play? Because McGregor has to play, Atati has to play, O'Reilly pretty much has to play, and now Rogic has to play. It's great options to have, and it's something that we haven't had even when on the game, even having Maeda on the bench, mm. it was an option of something if Jackamakis wasn't working. He did. He did that absolutely brilliantly. We had something on the bench. You know that we've got this now. We're in full flow because the Rangers game and then the Motherwell game, the two performances have been outstanding. Let's bring it back to this Rangers game though, Stephen. This performance that we managed to pull out the bag against Rangers, it is, for me, it's the type of performance you think, this is what Celtic want to do against them. This is in the locker. And I said on the podcast last week, it's like, we used to murder them. We used to murder them and it's like someone just turned off a tap and we just stopped doing it anymore. And it's been long past time we beat them and we need to dig out a win. But we just absolutely steamrolled them. They they looked beaten within two minutes. They they could not compete with what we were throwing at them. And that's the way... It should be. That's the way I like it. <laughs> yeah, and if it if it if it wasn't for the now quite familiar extra finding of a few extra percent from Alan McGregor, it could have been mm. completely out of sight in the first. Well, it, eventually it was yeah, out of sight in yeah. the first half, but it could have been even even worse for them. the The way they started the game was unlike anything I can remember in recent seasons. Now I'm obviously scarred by what's happened in recent mm. years, as you've been talking about. But I feel like even when Celtic were beginning to dominate over Rangers. Often it was Rangers who would start quite quickly. I'm thinking yeah. back to the days where they still had people like Kenny Miller in the team and all that. They would start like a start like a train and just try and put our defenders, it would have been like Jozo and Sviachenko at the time, put them under immediate pressure. 
So I feel like we've just turned that and just done it straight back to them and they could not cope with it at all. Couldn't come close to, to getting anywhere near it. And it's a subject I feel like we'll end up talking about tonight as well, but we, we owe a debt to shite baggery. We, we, this, this team owes a debt to shite baggery, not only from guys who come in on 400 grand a week and decide they couldn't be bothered playing mm. on the day, despite the fact there was other guys... They get view, but... They did a good view. Other guys get enough planes to take part yeah. in the game. But we also owe a debt to Eddie Howe, yeah. Eddie Howe's shite baggery whichever of his backroom staff didn't fancy it we all had a debt to him we all had a debt to Riley McGree shitting yeah. it as well because we got Matt O'Reilly in just on the back of that so thankfully we have shite baggery to, to praise and on there was the a lot of shite baggery on that pitch oh, yeah. oh I will come back to that and that's what I was thinking as well in another world even just a couple of weeks ago if Riley McGree had signed for Celtic he'd have been away with Australia as well true, so true. what options would he have mm. had in there so it's just there's no way he's there's no way he's a better player than Matt O'Reilly no I don't, no I don't chance think, I don't think so uh, time will tell but Matt O'Reilly looks as if he's smashing for Celtic but the most pleasing thing for me with the victory well I don't know most pleasing thing but one of the most pleasing things was sort of under Neil Lennon we, we, we said we need to find a way to beat Rangers because mm. we can beat everybody else, but we struggled in the, the derbies to beat them and they, they had, sort of had that over us. But we didn't find a way to beat them. We used our way. That yeah. is the way we play every week. It's the way we've been playing all season. It's served us well. And when we played them, we'll find out what we're really all about. Because it's worked in Europe. We've played yeah, up against yeah. teams. Even in the European games, we've taken a little beating off by Leverkusen. We still played well within that. We came close against Betis and all that. But... This was a big acid test for Celtic and they passed it with flying colours, like coming out the trap straight away. Rangers couldn't deal with the intensity. Celtic's press put them under constant pressure. They just, they folded. They completely crumbled under it and do you know what else added to that as well? The crowd. I was about to say and that. And it's not, it's not anything to do with MD apart from Rangers that there's 60,000 people I don't want them back now. That was much better. See, so? I'd I, have loved it if 8,000 had to sit and watch that man <laughs> I, I, I would have been good for that point of view but see the see the atmosphere that we created that night that's the best atmosphere in British football might be the best atmosphere in European or world football there's no other club can put that on 60,000 Celtic fans the tunes the lights oh, the, the lights. pumping we doled out like all that building <laughs> up to the game you know there's a lot can be said about how Rangers performed last season how Celtic performed last season right but one thing's for sure they never had to deal with the occasion of Celtic Park at any point last no, season no, they true. never had to yeah. deal with it and that would have given them PTSD <laughs> they're coming out to that going wait a minute this isn't like last season all that feeds into it the whole atmosphere I'm convinced feeds into it Stephen the way we've been performing recently the last minute wins when they drop points last minute we get points last minute they're watching sports scene they're seeing how we're performing and they're Coming out to that crowd, shite bags. <laughs> shite bags once again. That's um, the word that's going to come up quite a lot <laughs> on this podcast. There's been a lot written about this game in the in the days since. And uh, it's been not just Celtic fans, because it's all very well us sitting here as Celtic fans saying, oh, the atmosphere is this, the atmosphere is the best in Europe, blah, blah. Because mm. that's the kind of thing we say. But there's been an awful lot of neutrals, people with no investment in their game whatsoever, said, look at that, look at what that occasion yeah. was. There's been excellent... Tactical breakdowns written by Michael Cox and all that mm. sense, but there's been stuff online about how, you know, this this atmosphere is what Liverpool fans think they are. Yeah, this yeah, is what they yeah. think Anfield is. 
when and there are so many people as well, people from Australia, people from all over the world saying this is the this is bucket list stuff. I need to get there. That next time, once travels back to normal and all that, that's that's on the list going to Celtic Park. So yeah, it's not it's not just us blowing smoke up about our own club and all that saying about the atmosphere. So it's not, yeah, exactly. It's been it's been felt all over the world, and it's not. It's not even just in the stadium because in the stadium is completely different to viewing it on telly or watching clips on Twitter mm. and all that. But it's been so good that it's been felt even through that, even through yeah. the distance mm. of it. You didn't have to be at the game to to fully get an appreciation for it because it's got that in common with any stadium. You could watch any stadium online. Anfield's another example. You could watch Anfield and think, well, that looks like a good atmosphere. But then you won't compare it to videos that came out about Celtic Park. It's absolutely night and day. This is... Again, it's, this has been building towards this because it's not only the 60,000 in there, but Andrew's sort of got this club going again. Mm. He's got us going again because everybody's looking to see who's in the lineup. Even when we got to the game, Jamie, we got there at seven o'clock. It was mobbed, absolutely yeah. mobbed. Everybody <clears throat> was coming there to support their team. Everybody was ready for this. And when you got inside there, the, the 60,000 people the Green Brigade's displays and all that there was top tier displays it was all class and then as soon as the game kicked off Celtic went at it and the fans were singing completely behind the team and this is all this is all coming together but also every time Rangers touched the ball they get booed every single mm -hmm. time everybody was involved in it and it just felt like it was a whole collective that Andrews brought together and just got this result it was tremendous so they come out to all that Stephen all this stuff in their mind <laughs> and within five minutes they're done <laughs> demoralising mm. I, I also tweeted Good. during the game see when it hit half time and it was 3-0 I also tweeted something that went down quite well as well I was like break them demoralise them <laughs> finish them yes. no, and I just I, in, in many ways the start was what it was. I've already spoken about mm. how, how hard we hit them going in to be 1-0 up after four minutes and then it looks for all the world like it's going to be an absolute route. But there was something so satisfying about the fact that they just did all the work in the first half and then just yep. almost yeah. toyed with it. I, I don't want to get carried away because the Rangers did creep into it a little bit <laughs> towards the end. Well, it, kind of easy to do that when you're 3-0 yeah. down and, well, and the game's completely gone Brian Jack was man of the match for the second half remember Brian Jack strolled it majestically absolutely gave us a lesson in midfield so so there was that it was another victory for them should have started them then I <laughs> <laughs> should have started them <laughs> I, that's a real shame that so much talent on the bench and in the stands but fortunately it wasn't available but yeah it was an incredibly satisfying way to go about the game and just close it down because it's a comparison I made in our sort of aftermath video that we did the, the day after. There's something about the way that Man City are so confident in their ability to do that, to mm. just shut a game down. Even at 1-0, you'll see them just, just round it out and just teams kind of get through them. And I felt there was something quite reminiscent of that, the way Celtic just went about their second half as if it was, you know, job done. The hard work's done. Let's just get this, let's just get the shutters done. A uh, tough game on Sunday to prepare for, so we better keep ourselves. <laughs> exactly, yeah. the, I've watched the, the first half back and it's an absolute joy, man. Mm. It's it's total football. It's liquid football as well. But I was trying to figure out what Rangers were trying to do and they just, they weren't at it. I think what they were trying to do is have Kent and Diallo come inside and but pretty much man-mark Taylor and Juranovic to stop that mm. happening. But they did that for a wee bit. Was that the plan, was yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> but they did that for a wee bit. But as soon as Taylor or Juranovic went beyond them, they didn't bother tracking them. So that's fine. They've they've got them. And then they had Arfield sort of in with McGregor. But Roof dropped quite close to him, leaving both our centre-backs on the ball. And it, usually you'd leave 
one of them on the ball. Mm. So you maybe close down the, the pass to Carter Vickers and leave Starfield if you people maybe see him as the weak link. But they didn't do any of that. So as soon as they dropped into these positions, Celtic just passed it between the two centre-halves, waited till Hitati and, o and O'Reilly moved into space and just passed it to them. And then Taylor and Juranovic uh, went beyond and they weren't getting tracked. So Celtic constantly had a man over, constantly had overloads. And every time it was just, I was thinking, go down the left side. In fact, go down the right, go down either <laughs> side because we're getting in. Like the Celtic were, the way we play is the Hitati and O'Reilly go out wide to get the ball. And, they were free all the time and yeah. then as soon as they were free like Taylor and Juranovic they both had brilliant games just either came inside to get the ball or overlapped and just caused Rangers all sorts of problems they couldn't they handle it if Diallo and Kent truly were part of the defensive plan then if, it reminds me of remember that meme of the, the what's it holding the door yeah. the door frame yeah. together <laughs> uh, something like that or the, the one where the guy walks up and slaps like a bit of sellotape on the, on the water tank that's <laughs> <one. So> <laughs> that's that was obviously their approach but there's been a lot made of that see what you're describing there and I've already referenced the Michael Cox article yeah. in The Athletic I would advise people to just go and read that for themselves because he doesn't he can't be bothered explaining because exactly, he, he, he don't understand it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I almost got away with that as well. I was always <laughs> going to bluff my way through that. But yeah, he does an awful lot better job than I could have breaking it down. But long story short, it's basically, it refers to that, the way that Celtic used the wide areas to basically ghost pass players, to yeah. just bypass their midfield, bypass players. And it's it's a, it's a really new, exciting version of this, but I feel like this is the strongest cast we've had for that idea mm. since the Rodgers days, because I remember seeing when Tierney and Sinclair were on the same side and Armstrong would come over from the yeah. midfield and just sort of stitch those three together like we trios working out in the midfield uh, out in wide, wide areas so it was quite rem quite reminiscent of that but obviously with the difference of the fullback coming in to, to free up space in there we never had we never had a bad performance throughout the whole we never had a bad performance throughout the whole squad well, we'll Joe, talk Hart, Joe Hart had nothing to do so <laughs> yeah, yeah okay, okay. Okay. if you want to be king contrarian about it poor then, guy um, was just standing there like what well, just enjoying the atmosphere 3 out of 10 for Joe yeah. Hart <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean we'll get obviously we'll talk about the goals we'll get to the goals in a bit but I, I want to take a minute to talk about Greg Taylor because yep. um, I, I, I think if Juranovic hadn't had such a good game more people would be talking about how good Greg Taylor was Greg Taylor that was probably his best game in a Celtic shirt. He absolutely bossed it. He bossed it. He was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Always willing to get on the ball. I think you said, was it last week or on the, the pre-match about, like, it's not defensively you worry about Greg no. Taylor. He, he never gets absolutely ripped or somebody goes by him. So that was fine up against Diallo and subbed at halftime says it all. But it's Greg Taylor on the ball was he's brilliant. He was always available. Even in the Motherwell game, Fred and passes through and he just works so well with McGregor, Hatati taking the ball off Starfelt and then finding Jota as well. He's such a good energy about him as well. He's always willing to go beyond. He's always in good positions and just looking at him, like, there's always been, like maybe now when you look at Celtic, you go, ah, left back, we could maybe improve on. But for me, that was Greg Taylor coming of age and it's always kind of been Greg Taylor, Kilmarnock fullback. Yeah. He's firmly a Celtic fullback now. Uh, is that one of the things holding him back then? Maybe it's just he's an unheralded signing from an unfashionable club. And he, he's been here a long time, in fairness. This is his third season. Mm. Came in at the same time as Bowling Goalie and he's well and truly seen <laughs> him off, Chris. Yes. But there's something about Greg Taylor, and I've been maybe guilty of it in the past as well, but underappreciating him. Aye, for but sure. Ange, he's definitely Ange's guy. And oh, there. He's, he's a big, big fan of him and doesn't really seem to be interested in all the chat about replacing him or anything like that. I mean, obviously... 
goes for any position. If there's a, play, a better player out there, you go and get them. But I don't think it's in any way a priority to but replace The amount Greg of Taylor. players that we've brought in in multiple positions, if Ange wanted to replace Greg Taylor, he would have replaced Greg Very Taylor. Very true. I, I mean, what I said about the the multiple Japanese players come in and at the same time was that they all addressed the different problems. You could see the sense in bringing all of them in. It wasn't just a scattered gun, oh, let's just, just load up the shopping bag with Japanese players and bring them back. It wasn't a case of that. They all addressed individual problems. So you're, you're not telling me that there wasn't a left back that, that probably could have been available. The fact probably is, um, assuming that they just didn't want one because we've got Greg Precisely. Taylor and Scales can fill in and, and do bits and pieces here and I fully expect him to play probably quite soon because we saw that with Ralston coming in yeah. in the, um, for the away game at Motherwell so if, there's something about Greg Taylor though he always looks shattered Aye. he's got a resting shattered face yeah. and I wonder if that maybe sort of uh, sort of plays into the, the perception of him he just always looks knackered no got, during the, the first lockdown he got like 16 minutes for the 5k he was the best aye, in Celtic aye. that's incredible <laughs> 16 minutes 16 minutes <laughs> you know man um, well, one player that I'd said before the game I was like I'm a wee bit worried because Rangers do have players that can hurt us from time to time mm. one was Ryan Kent <laughs> fireball Tee-hee-hee, that's aye. all I'm going to say about that <laughs> the only thing that scared me about him was his haircut man it was t- <laughs> I terrible I, this team they win one title in 10 years and they think they can cut about with haircuts like that it's absolutely mortifying Juranovic though Stephen you were raving about him one of the best fullbacks I can remember at Celtic and again I'm, I'm sitting here still basking in the glow oh, of this I... game it's been a few days and I might get carried away but again as I said on our, our reaction or our aftermath video you want to take me to some some authoritative podcasting mm-hmm. body the Federation of International Podcasts just try it yeah. sue me if I get carried away and say things I, I don't mean but Juranovic is one of the best fullbacks I can remember at Celtic on any side it, the level that he can probably reach at Celtic is the sky's the limit with him because he's another young guy as well Lustig had his successes at Celtic and was brilliant for several seasons but I think his ceiling is off an awful lot higher than anything oh. I can remember being at the Celtic it, and include Agat and McNamara and mm. all these guys. He, he oh, is wow. he is potentially going to be up there with him if he stays about. Absolutely ripped the piss out yeah, of Ryan Kent right. several times, even laughing at him. And what I like about that is that Juranovic is new into the club. He yeah. knows that we've got a history of absolutely bossing this lot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's not just like quietly going about his job. He's going about his job and enjoying it. It was brilliant and like, the laughing at him was great but it wasn't just the defense, defensive performance oh. because he had Ryan Kent uh, Ryan Kent didn't get by him once there was a good few times Ryan Kent tried to go past him and Juranovic came away with the ball he won the ball cleanly and went, uh, went forward but it was the all-round performance from him from moving into that midfield inverted wing-back position to even that run he did where he broke on the ball and ate up about 80 yards taking the ball up it was a all-round performance from him it's kind of similar to Scotland right now with Celtic like we've got two of the best left backs in, in our history currently at Scotland and Celtic we've got two of the best right backs in our history currently at the club as well <laughs> I, I saw that coming for a mile around the corner as well I was I still bracing myself for that and a wee smirk on my face with that coming but you know it's unfortunate for Ralston and he, as I said they did come into the weekend. exactly it's unfortunate for him that he's having the season of his life but the, the fact of the matter is none of it's just a it's that top player yeah. and a, another steal, another oh, absolute steal of my I, keep, I, I can't help that I can't let myself get free of the idea that we're, we've got a bill coming around the corner for <laughs> one of these players. Well, this is it. See, every season we would accuse Celtic of penny pinching, yeah, right? Yeah. 
But we've no, we've been spending far too much. <laughs> what are you doing? Spending four and a half million in Barkas and four and a half, <laughs> five and a half million on a Yeti with all this value, is it there? That's exactly it because uh, he's a guy who might come up, but just while I've got the opportunity, Matt O'Reilly, it's like, it's not supposed to be as easy as this. We're, yeah. we're not supposed to be able to go out and get a player like that who can just seamlessly fit into the team, do a job in a Glasgow derby, look brilliant in every game he's basically played, create numerous chances on his debut and you know, come come on off the bench against Motherwell and start creating chances with through balls. We're not supposed but, to be able to find players like that and we're not supposed to be able to build a team like this either. What you're supposed to do is fill the team, overpay yeah. wages <laughs> for loan players, for guys that kind of get a game at Premier League teams or something like that. They come we're up and too flop. scared to play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how it's supposed to happen for Celtic and it's so unnerving that we're managing to get the recruitment so, so well. And it's the manager. Yeah. I, I said yeah. this in a, on a recent Patreon podcast, patreon.com slash 20 minute times. Um, it's it's we it's, it's we've not had to upend the whole structure of the club, right? Mm. We've got a scouting department, and we've got a manager who actually knows what he wants for his players. He knows what what profile they should be and what he wants for his players. So he tells the scouting department what he wants. They then present him with options, and he's capable of picking one that actually works for the team. And then when he brings them in, he's capable of giving them a game plan, creating an invite. It's everything is from Ange Postacoglu it's him that's created this environment it's him that's brought the team back from wherever it was 12 months ago and th that whole team is his doing and how many signings started that game that were his? 9 or nine, something? 9 yeah I mean this is Ange Postacoglu's Celtic team now this is without Kyogo as well nah. Kyogo's still missing yeah if, we spoke about it before if you had said a few weeks ago no Rogic Turnbull Kyogo a Celtic going to win you're like we can't, but Hatate, O'Reilly have come in, slotted in, seem, not even seamlessly, they look better I than know. the players that were there already, which is unbelievable. And I'm trying to think when Stephen was saying there, like, we've went through Juranovic, Greg Taylor, the improvement on him. We always see Brendan Rodgers, Martin O'Neill, when they come in, they can maybe work with the players that are there and get them playing back to their best or beyond that. And he's doing that with Greg Taylor. Cal McGregor's thriving in this environment. There's no really MDLs. Tumble's even improved when he was playing as well. But looking at the signings, you're like, ah, oh, I need to remember to talk about him because Kyogo and Jot have been so good. Sometimes we forget about Abada and oh, because mm. Juranovic has been so good, oh, we forget about Carter Vickers and all that. And then you're like, Hatati's scoring the goals but Matt O'Reilly's been absolutely sensational if it wasn't for Hatati we'd be talking about Matt O'Reilly and then I'm like we haven't even mentioned Joe Hart yet he's been a class act <laughs> tried in a podcast about it <laughs> <laughs> so it's just everything's everything's came in spot on for Celtic everybody's looking great even the wee worries we had like oh maybe Juranovic's best, best games at the start were at left back mm. now firmly a right back the midfield how do these guys get back in it's really exciting times for Celtic and that game just brought it all together. Hey, were you surprised to see Callum McGregor start? Oof. A little bit. A little bit surprised to see him start the game. I hoped that he would be involved in some way, mm. but it's easier said than done coming out. Again, there's the contrast with the shitebaggery on the other side. We've minutes. got a guy, a guy coming in with a literal broken face <laughs> and, and coming in and starting it. And not only that, but the way he came in, and it feeds into a broader discussion about Callum McGregor as a captain. See the clip that's been doing the rounds of him absolutely hounding Barisic, right? Yes. Absolutely on top what of him. What did he call him? He called him a shitbag. <laughs> and, and I've said that word far too many times yeah. now on this podcast, but I that was simply quoting, that wasn't me. Yeah, the contrast there, a guy, the clip of him absolutely hounding Barisic in his face and chasing it down. Any fears that Callum McGregor wasn't going to be that kind of captain totally blown out the water yeah. for me because he can do both he can be the footballer he can be the inspirational leader and he can be a bit of a 
bit of a tiger in there as yeah. well. You know, he's like he's like shouting at the ref and complaining about decisions. He's getting involved in things like that, and he's calling opposition players a shine back <laughs> to their faces. So absolutely brilliant from I him. I didn't know he had that in him. I'll be honest, yeah. I didn't know he had that side of the game. I know Cal McGregor's a good captain, but I thought it was like good professional head above water, just chest out and just played the game very professionally. But see, when I saw him, first of all, turn up with that mask on, yeah. I was like, what a guy. What a guy <laughs> putting his body on the line here for the cause. And then when I saw those clips of him doing the rounds, you know, haranguing Barisic, I thought, oh, man, <laughs> I didn't know you had that in you. I'm so pleased to see it. I was a bit of the Bruni. Oh, I was yeah. delighted with it because, as we say, like we know he's a great footballer. He'll give you that 7, 8 out of 10 every week. But to get this as well, he's grown into the leadership week on week. And... Mm. When he when he we heard he trained the the day before, he's like, if he's training, he'll play because yeah. that's the kind of guy he is. And Unlike someone else <laughs> already mentioned, <laughs> and uh, the fact that he came out after it and said, "Look, there's sixty thousand people in here that, that all play with a broken face, so I'm no different." Were you yeah. surprised nobody tested that mask? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, the the guy was sensational as well. Look, coming back from the mask, having the mask on, coming back mm. from that injury playing 90 minutes in a game of that magnitude but also he was brilliant as well yeah, he was another smoking. player that was absolutely sensational and come on <laughs> come on sorry now. it took me a second there <laughs> he was absolutely <laughs> somebody stopped me he was sensational in there and he just dictated the whole game and when you look at how the game went now you're like imagine Cal McGregor didn't play that game it mm. could have been all so different but he did he came in done his job and more and again just looks a class above and it's again him and Ange Postacoglu like they're bringing this all together Cal McGregor knows how to do it how to do this he's been there mm. and done it but Ange Postacoglu's came in and just got it as well let's turn our focus just to Cal McGregor in the game Stephen were you surprised nobody tested that mask <laughs> yeah because uh, apparently that's just the kind of thing you, you do. do that's yeah. what you do in football you you leave one on him you, you let him know you're in a game and all that Dark ages, mm. man. Ah, just nonsense I mean it's I've seen it said. We are here yeah. referring to Chris Boyd's comments for anybody who hasn't read Unf them. Unfortunately, yeah, uh, Chris Boyd has basically just sort of done his best to ruin the occasion for mm. everyone, basically for yes. everyone, as as Chris Boyd is want to do. I'm I'm fed up with the guy, to be honest. And look, I'm I'm not a guy who gets offended or gets kind of sniffy about a guy who is a bit of a panto villain. Mm. I've been open in the past about how I quite enjoy that kind of thing. If it's witty, if it's a wee bit tongue-in-cheek, if it's a wee bit funny. Craig Levine being a good example. I yeah. think he, he knows what he's doing. He likes to roll wee grenades in there and just be a wee bit cheeky. He's, he's feud with Michael Stewart's pretty funny as well. But Chris Boyd's none of that. Chris Boyd is just a... And I'm I'm careful here. Um, I don't want to be saying things yeah, that make get us in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be... Again, I'm trying to find the words to describe Chris Boyd without mm. being libelous. <laughs> um I just think he's a numbskull, to be honest. I think he's just an obnoxious presence in Scottish football. I think he's unnecessary as well because I've yeah. heard all the arguments for it. I've heard all the, oh, he's just a bam-up merchant. Why do we need one of those? Why do we need that in football? Does, does English football have a bam-up merchant on Sky? If they do, then he's... Usually he's, these guys are confined to like minor radio channels or whatever. Yeah, you don't yeah. have like... If Roy, you know, you've got Roy Keane, Jamie Carragher, Gary Neville, Micah Richards doing the premier games on Sky, covering the top of the game there. In England, none of them are bam up merchants. And they let's be clear about this as well. They are all partisan members of the media. They all yeah. are open about the clubs they are affiliated to and support. So I don't have a problem with that because it's not about range. So people will be watching this thinking, oh, I just bitter because he's a ex Rangers. But I've I've got an awful lot of things to say about 
Celtic equivalents of that. I've yeah. got no time for a lot of Celtic equivalents who give their opinion in the media. So it's not about that at all. But if Chris Boyd is our attempt at Jamie Carragher or Gary Neville or Roy Keane, then it is a catastrophic failure, to be honest. And I think it says a lot about how this country's football is represented that people are just willing to tolerate it and say, I just laugh at him. Just Aye. ignore him. No, I, why, why don't we do something about it? If we're not happy about it, why Why should we ignore he's him just, in that privileged position? He's just an obnoxious off, isn't he, man? Yeah, yes, he's, yes. Just a, he's the loudest guy in the golf club. <laughs> yeah. That's what he is. He's he's, uh, he's horrendous. And the, the less Chris Boyd we have on our screens, the less Chris Boyd covering football, the better. This podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Now listen, Cubit works hard in February, but our friends at Manscaped are working even harder to ensure that your Valentine's Day is one to remember. Don't turn this day of romance into Independence Day this year and get in control with our Performance Package 4.0, which includes our signature Lawnmower 4.0. This February, join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Now we have an exclusive offer for you. Go to manscaped.com and insert code TIMS for 20% off. That's not unsubstantial. And free shipping. Contrary to popular belief, love is not blind, especially when you can't see it past a love jungle. That is the copy we were given. I apologise. 
This package also includes the Weed Whacker, which is a nose and ear hair trimmer to whack the worst of your weeds. So it's not just below the waist grooming, it's above the waist grooming, an area that's often overlooked. Manscaped even threw in two other free gifts, their shed travel bag and a pair of their anti-chafing boxer briefs to keep your boys cool and collected. That whole package, 20% off and free shipping, manscaped.com, use code TIMS. We need to talk about these Celtic goals. Oh. First up, Melly, you made the noise, come to you, Rio Hatati. <laughs> Oh, absolutely sensational. It's just Celtic, as we said, right from the off, going at them and managed to get the corner and the ball breaks to them. Two Rangers players running each other and come back onto that. But mm. just the control and the, the placed finish as well. Don't know if there was a wee touch going through, but I think it would have been in any way. He's just got that technique where a game like that, 60,000 people screaming and he's just got the composure just to take it down, take the touch and bang, put it into the corner and there's a lovely wee noise it hit when it hits the net and goes up and the place just erupts. And you're like, the start was beyond my wildest dreams. Beyond my wildest dreams, you always think, oh, imagine we could get an early mm. goal, but I think these games will be tight. As soon as that went in, the whole place went mental and it was sensational from a sensational player. It's what we needed, Stephen, to settle the nerves. I mean, at this point, I was still nervous about it, but Real Hatati, we've already discussed how different class he was, yeah. that goal. Well, well, I find myself saying it an awful lot and praying for early goals in these games or even, it's always, it's basically every game because mm. even the games against Livingston and all that who, who try to sit in, we always ask for a way, early goals to, to sort of throw plan B out the window or throw their game plan out the window yeah, for yes. guys like, like living for teams like Livingston and, you know, name them throughout Scottish football. But I'm also conscious of the fact that when I say that, I obviously, yeah. obviously they're trying to score early goals. <laughs> no one ever plans to say, right, don't you dare score in the fourth minute. We are waiting till at least the 18th minute to, to open the score in here. But to actually get that, like that sure as hell settled in there. It, it really, really did. Because it's not just the goal as well, it's the manner of it and the way that Celtic thoroughly deserved it that may just may think, well, that's obviously the result of the work that Celtic have put in yeah. here. It's not just like a flip goal or something like that, oh, we've got away with one. It's against the run of play or anything like that. Thoroughly deserved it and it sure as hell settled the nerves on me. The second goal as well. Oh. Absolute class. The move that led up to it as well, though, Melly. Yeah, that's the, the sort of Ange ball, isn't it? This, the first goal, we get a break from a corner, it comes out so it can happen. But the second goal is, is everything he's spoken about. It's that going down that right-hand side, players moving inside the other player going the outside and the, all the players involved it was absolutely brilliant it's just one two touches until we get in there and then for Abada just to find Hatati Hatati just takes a touch and then just sort of bends it round into this space between the goalkeeper and defender and when that went in like, everybody went mental apart from him he just turned around nonchalant like, <laughs> yeah. that's what I do man I know, he's <laughs> just like great celebration some yeah. of the best celebrations of all time have just been sort of walk, the Cantner one's the main one walk off knockouts <laughs> basically you're already celebrating before your opponents hit the ground <laughs> and it's it just it is but Melly's can like it's almost like he doesn't know yeah. what the fuss is about he's like Aye. Of course, I scored a perler in that bum. <laughs> had a he had a smile on his face, of course. Mm. He had a big grin on his face, but it just he just let it wash over him. And it just mm. it just just sucked it all up, man. It was an absolutely great celebration. But the way he finds space as well, and a lot of people could look at that goal and probably others as defensive mistakes. But it's not an accident that the players are finding space no. like this. I've no. already spoken about the way they work the ball out wide and just move it past, move it through the lines through past players. It's not an accident that Rio Hatati just knows where to arrive. It's very, very similar to, to Abada in that, mm. that regard. Abada just seems to have 
unbelievable instincts for it. The guy's just unbelievable at it. But Hatati, he just arrives in a, an area where there's no other players and turns and bends it in, in a kind of weird halfway up the goal. The keeper it's, can do nothing. But this is like, do you know what this looks like? Um, and, and that goal sort of encapsulated it. This looks like a brand new Celtic team. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's no overlays from like, you know, Brendan Rodgers, nothing Neil Lennon. He's just swiped the board clean. Swipe the board clean. Is that what you do with a board? You just wipe the slate clean is what I'm trying to say. He's wiped the slate clean. And as you were saying, Melly, just that interchange in play, like that fast pace, quick changing, runs off the ball football. That's kind of like what we always wanted to see for Celtic. And then at the end of this brilliant move, you've got an absolute class midfielder just sticking one in for 30 odd yards or whatever it was past Alan McGregor. You're hard pushed to find a better goal. Yeah, it was class and like, all the one touch play and the interplay down the right hand side is brilliant. But there's also the fact that Hitati's meant to be like the sort of left hand side of the centre midfield, but he's right over there keeping up with playing when you look at him. There's a point I think you see just before he gets on the ball that he was quite close to Glenn Kamara, I think it was. As soon as he gets on the ball, he's miles away from Kamara yeah. because he's made it into that space. He's known if I'm here, if they're working down there, if I come in here, they, I, should, I could get the ball. And it's just the way Celtic are. Everybody knows their job. Everybody knows what they're doing. And it's like I again said, that you're always involved. Always yeah. be involved because you never know what could happen. And you need to have faith in the system and faith in the players that are playing that system. And it looks like the Celtic players do because it's players make movements as if they're going to get the ball. There's not a lot of things where you think ah oh, that was a lucky run mm. they know they're either going to get these passes or it's going to be close to that we've seen that so many times with Abada but just going down that right hand side into Hatati and you're like this is dreamland stuff because I was, just before that I'm always nervous in these games no matter what you always say Stephen it's just the way I've been it's, brought it's up bringing it's ahead. just <laughs> it's just scarred into me etched into my thinking and just I was thinking just a couple of minutes before that just looking at the clock get to half time 1-0 we are playing so well here I'd love another goal but just get in don't give them anything because all they really had was that pass inside to Arfield which Joe Hart came out and smothered they did mm. nothing in the first half again created no chances and we've seen that so many times with Celtic but just getting that second goal you're like oh this is dreamland stuff like get into half time 2-0 we are flying here then a minute later, yeah, this is wild. This is wild. See, it's as loath as I am to give him any credit whatsoever. Alan McGregor he's thwarted Celtic a lot over mm -hmm. the years. He's getting along a bit. I think he recently turned 40. Many happy returns, Alan. <laughs> I know you watch. Um, <laughs> he's that raging guy in the comments, <laughs> leaving unspeakably horrible things. Uh, on, on the, Billy, yeah. Billy King, 1972. <laughs> uh, as, as loath as I am to give him any credit, he's still a good shot stopper. Yeah. I mean, those. Those instincts... Or those, those I mean, they pulled off a couple of good ones against Yakimakis. That's Yakimakis, exactly. So, I mean, the reflexes are still there. He dropped a couple of clangers in the previous game against Ross County, mm. but that was more coming out to try and claim the ball and just making an ass of it. The shot-stopping reflexes are still there quite a bit for Alan McGregor. So the idea that it's easy to just pick up a bit of space and just bend it around Alan McGregor as if it's a piece of piss, he still deserves tremendous credit for getting S into speaking it. Speaking of clangers, I think a uh, clangor of the day goes to uh, Borna Barisic. <laughs> the Borna Bear? <laughs> the Borna Bear Barisic. I was, sorry Melly, I was, um, <laughs> see when I saw a, a badder creeping in at the back post, they were going to creep in actually, he steamed in 
for the back post area right beyond the Barisic ran right past him and stuck that ball in the back of the net and all Barisic could do was just go down sat on his down. knees <laughs> sat down and went I'm having a that was like that's the international symbol for get me the fuck off this pitch because I'm having such a horror show and you know his manager obliged his manager was more than happy to hook him because he was having an absolutely terrible game but that was that when I saw that I just thought this lot they, they don't know what's hit them here and we, we said that I, I think it was last week on the podcast we said you can't deny a bad anymore. There's no, no denying no. the guy. The the goal was amazing, like because it's again what Andrew's been talking about. Like we we don't stop. The other team mm. might stop, but we'll not. Celtic get a throw in, and Glenn Kamara's right beside Hitati. Hitati just takes a wee step and makes that run, and Greg Taylor takes a quick throw, and then it just puts this ball across. But again, it puts a ball across into a dangerous area. But if what Andrew's saying about this team and we don't stop, we keep going, never stop. Mm. You, if it's on the other side, always be prepared. He's put it into an area knowing that there's a good chance Jack and Marcus or Abad will be in there. The ball yeah. is brilliant, but when you see the, the pull-back angle of the run Abada makes, he times it, he times it, then he steams in, as you said, and the touch finish is absolutely brilliant. But looking at Barisic just going down on down on his knees, it was a pitiful performance from the guy. Yeah, like, yeah. And you said it, Stephen, that up again when it was Bobby Pett against Rickson, Bobby Pett absolutely tore apart Rickson. The literal game of his career. Yeah, Bobby Pett, this yeah. was completely different. This was a guy that was a shite bag because having <laughs> watched it back, every time he goes forward with the ball, he either plays the easy ball inside, he's no interested in running with the ball, he's no interest in taking players on, and there's even one but he just gets it, and it's a five-yard pass, and he just passed it to Callum McGregor, there was one that rolled under his foot and went out, Abada went past him so many times, and it's not just, doesn't it just be Abada that goes past him, it was when, even in the second goal, he doesn't have a clue where he's meant to run because no. there's Celtic players going, he doesn't know what he's doing, the third goal absolutely finish him, finishes him as well, I was like, that guy has had an absolute nightmare. Absolutely brilliant for us because as soon as that hit, the I thought the second goal was beyond my wildest dreams. This was pandemonium <laughs> in the place. The place was rocking, man. 3-0. I mean, there's, there's, there's <laughs> no, no, way, no way back from there. But Abada's goal, it became very, very apparent. I remember saying, I remember sitting here and uh, saying on the podcast that after about two goals, he'd scored about two goals and we remarked that he looks quite good at that. He looks yeah, quite good yeah. at just drifting in and finishing off chances. So here we are, what, four or five months later, and he's still doing it. It looks like he's going to do it in every single game, quite well, frankly. Well, this is what I was going to yeah. say, right? You're doing your homework on Celtic, yeah. right? You are manager of 20-minute Tim's United. You've drawn <laughs> Celtic in the cup, okay? Yeah. And you've got a list of the three main dangers for Celtic, right? Definitely on that top three list is a badder coming in for, for the opposite side and yeah. central position and finishing. How they had no idea that was going to happen, it's astounding to me, and it's an indication of how... I don't know if they were badly prepared. I don't know if they just thought they could turn up and beat us and they didn't have to think about it. I don't know if what I said earlier in the podcast about the event, the occasion, the fact that we've been playing so well got to them. But to lose a goal like that, if you look at the Rangers' defence, they were all over the place. Uh, it starts yeah. from the throw-in, like Kamara, no doing yeah. his job, just letting a guy walk off him. The ball goes into the basically the six-yard box and nobody's there to cut it mm. out. Nobody, I don't think they can blame the keeper for not coming, but... To, for Barisic just to go down like that is that like that's all your fault, mate. You yeah. all 
all your life in football you're told be aware of where your opponent is he didn't have a scooby until he seen the ball hit the <laughs> back of the net he no idea that didn't even look over his shoulder no, didn't even check a bad I just went cheers I'll take it bump <laughs> with, this, with this stuff with a bad I know the, the instincts that he appears to have for picking up spaces in the box and those runs that defenders just don't seem to be able to follow at all he did it again against Motherwell just appeared out of nowhere Motherwell defence didn't know where he was goal so yeah. it's now becoming such a strength with him and it's now 14 goals and we had the discussion last week about how I'm fed up with the debate over whether he's good enough now I'm just I'm not interested in mm. it anymore I've totally reversed my my feelings towards Abada because I think at this point that is as I say such a strength for him that it's almost quite pointless focusing on the negatives all the yeah, time yeah. I, th- I feel like yeah. I feel like now focusing on Abada oh, he I, just scores I, I, mm. he can't take players on and right that's that's as maybe I think he does have issues with the ball trying to take defenders on but I feel like at this point to ignore his obvious threats in front of goal from either out wide or through the middle he scored a couple of goals as a central striker as well such feel, a young player as well yeah and I feel like to focus on that would be a bit like taking I don't know N'Golo Kante and being like he doesn't score many does he though yeah. so I don't know he's a bit bit doubtful for me Messi rubbish in the air <laughs> absolutely terrible <laughs> I, in the air I feel like there was a time though when that troubled us when we were kind of relying on him to yeah. be provider yeah. and, he, and he wasn't provider that's why we were talking about it yeah, yeah. that's why we spoke it, about it at length it, yeah. we didn't just like make this up out no. of nowhere there was a time where Abada was meant to be provider and he wasn't doing it but as you say all those conversations go in the bin now because the contribution to his side is undeniable. Yeah. It is. It's goals and assists. He's doing something pretty much every game now. And it is something that happened earlier in the season because when you took Jota out the team, there wasn't much creativity if Jota and Rogic mm. weren't playing. That just it didn't really happen sometimes. But now you've got Tati creating goals. You've got the whole team in sync doing well. And I think Wednesday night was... The, it could be a, a big turning point for a lot of people like MD had any doubts in Abada they've probably gone now yeah. Greg Taylor they're probably gone with doubts about that guy whether Cal McGregor's a captain the doubts about that are gone and see if you had any doubts about Ange Postacoglu as well they should be completely gone see uh, one thing with Abada as well and those discussions we've had previously this season I think probably a lot of it was down to the fact that any guy who comes in in that position is probably being unfairly or not compared to James Forrest of like three seasons mm. ago right so that's probably what you need to because James Forrest is coming back from injury and he's always going to be compared to that ah he's doing well but see once Forrest comes back a bad is, you know, he's not really doing enough so Forrest will probably come back in but fast forward a few weeks now and James Forrest is back in the team he's not fully fit yet but he's, he is back he is now turning in the numbers that Forrest and Sinclair and all that yeah, were yeah. a few seasons ago probably so, better than Forrest isn't yeah, it yeah if, if this season plays out the way it is it'll take some doing but it could come close to Scott Sinclair first season stuff and that simply can't be ignored and it's I, I don't want to frame this as a go at Forrest but you can't drop a bad now you, you yeah. absolutely just no. can't it's, he's producing so much and as I say it looks like he's going to score in every game now 3-0 at half time and uh, <laughs> once you're three goals down at half time there's no coming back for that the game's gone the words of Conor Goldson Oof. earlier on in the season yeah. And it, and, it, and it did look like that and as one of you guys said at the beginning of the podcast we, we did our work in the first half and yeah. just controlled the game from there on in I had no worries I didn't even think it wasn't even like oh god 3-0 if they score it's going to be tight for the last 40 minutes or whatever last half hour I didn't have any worries at all I just thought this is just party time from here on out Yeah we've seen it from Celtic a lot of the season we barely can see chances we mm. might get the odd one from across but 
what have we? We've never conceded more than two goals in a game in the in domestically, have we? Certainly so, know the form Carter Vickers was in that night as well. Who no, no mentioned yet? Him and Starfield absolutely solid. Had so much of the ball and used it very well right throughout the team. Everybody was going, but it's the the control Celtic had over the game. There's a maybe you maybe give up one or two chances because it is a game like that, and it usually happens in any game. You'll give up one or two chances, but. They're not going to give up free goals. There's yeah. no way they're giving up free goals. We are we're good for this. And if even if we do give up a goal, we could probably up the ante and score another one yeah. if we wanted. We had options on the bench. We had very good options on the bench actually that could come on and hurt Rangers. And everybody was doing their job. And even if we were under a bit of pressure, what we could have done is just we've got that out ball a. Jackamacus, the guy you need gave, to have an out ball. You need you to have do. an out ball so you don't shit the nest. <laughs> and we did have that out ball up to Jackamacus. He, he gave those two centre halves a torrid time, so much so they had to bring on another centre half at half time. But the every he it was a good performance from him, just lacking a goal up there. But yeah. everything else from him, another guy maybe had doubts about. Still, maybe you could say, is he going to be the main striker going forward? Probably not. But is he a good option to have up there? Yes. And is it, is he going to play in tougher games than that domestically? No, he's not. And he was brilliant. But yeah. Maeda comes off the plane, as you said, <laughs> yeah. and contributes for 20 minutes. We Meanwhile, Aaron Ramsey's sitting in the stand, the 400k kid sitting there. Free pie though, who's laughing? Oh, well, he did. I think he had a programme as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a free, free pie in a programme. Maeda came on, but I'm, I want to talk about Ben Doak a wee bit. Oof, he, yeah. Twice he's came on, and you must see something in him. He's kind of just exploded out of nowhere. Sturdy wee Wayne Rooney-esque guy. Yeah, he's a wee, a wee solid guy for, I think he's only just turned 16, 16 as well, which is terrifying. Ben, ben, ben yeah, there, there we, we go. go. That, that, that's terrifying for, for that age to look, come on and look. What you would expect out of a player that young is to be pretty fearless. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you kind of get nothing to lose. Just go on and t just take guys on. And he, and he did that. So big, big talent by the looks of it. I wasn't really all that aware of him no. prior to him being on this game. The, the guy. Hardly played for the B team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he looks he looks like one of these guys who's going to be fast-tracked. Some chat about Liverpool being interested in him. So Why would you go with the bums when you've got Ange Postacoglu here? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jürgen who? Yeah. So yeah, looks a, looks a big talent and he contributed as well. If Even if it's, it's something we've dis discussed in the past as well, coming on and if you're under a little bit of pressure, just gaining that yardage up the pitch yeah. as well. So if you advance Celtic forward in the dying minutes, that's pretty useful at that point. And obviously, you know, the performance was good, the result was good, but we got the points on the board, 10 points swing in a couple of weeks. Now, we've sat in this podcast and we've like, this Rangers game's a must win. You know, <laughs> if we lose that, we can kiss goodbye to the league. We could be X amount of points behind. Rangers must now be looking at us going... They've got all the chasing to do, you know, prior to them playing hearts. What was it? We were four points clear four points for, a, for a matter of hours for the first time. When the last time we were four points clear at the top of the league? A long, long time ago. And that, too that, long, baby. <laughs> too far too long. That was the main thing about, like, the performance was sensational and we can go all, all, all about that. Everything about it, the atmosphere, the role of it at the end will live with me yeah. for a long yeah. time. That was absolutely tremendous. But the main thing is getting back on top. And now you're looking at it, was a 13 games to go mm. we ticked one off at the weekend again there so you're just looking at it and we're back to this take it one game at a time because if Celtic win 11 out of those 13 we'll be champions because we'll play them twice in there so mm -hmm. I know that's easier said than done but right now this Celtic team are looking very good we're in great form and I know we will have to drop points at some point but now that we've got options and all that now that we're top 
can just keep pressing on. Now we just need to do our job. We don't need to worry about MDLs. else. We don't need to worry about favours from MD. We've got our own job to do and we're just going out and doing it and we showed that in the Motherwell Still game. Still get pr- pretty much the player of the season to come back in a <laughs> yeah, as well. I know. In fact, you know what? I, I, now that I've said that, I hadn't really intended to say it, but just to tack on to the end of the Abada conversation, at what point do we stop talking about the guy's flaws and start talking about him for player of the year mentions? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy's been unbelievable. Certainly young player of the oh, year. Just this yeah. team. Once my head gets up to speed, Kyogo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's this team going to look? How good are they going to be? Where's this team going to go? Remains Tom Rogic comes back in at the Tom, weekend. Tom, Tom Rogic come back in at the weekend. Absolutely unbelievable. I mean, that Motherwell game was another big game. We said it in the in the build up. We said, you know, there's no point going to beat Rangers and then dropping points to Motherwell. That just doesn't work. I was slightly concerned because I thought that right, we can go out there and blow away Rangers, right, because of the intensity of the occasion. We can get swept up in that. It's human nature. You're going to get up for the bigger games. It's just going to happen. It's Angie's job to make sure that those intensity levels don't drop too much. But I worried that there's still those unanswered questions sometimes from earlier in the season that can we can we overcome those teams that make it physically difficult? Can they can we overcome those teams that like to make it difficult mm-hmm. for a team? <laughs> well and truly answered <laughs> yeah. on that occasion because they absolutely destroyed Motherwell in a Display of football that's up there. With, again, I keep saying it. I've said it a couple of times this season. Playing some of the best stuff of my lifetime, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's no mean feat. That's a, a big deal. Just playing some of the best stuff of my lifetime, and that was another example of it on Sunday. There, it, it didn't incredible. even matter that Hearts went on to Hibs against Rangers. <laughs> it, I mean, that didn't that didn't count for anything because Celtic were just playing some scintillating stuff. And I mean, as you mentioned, Melly Tom Rogic. Yeah, Tom Rogic was brilliant. He comes in, gets two goals at man of the match. Absolutely brilliant. Anthony Ralston comes in, plays that through ball for the second goal, absolutely class as well. He played very well. And then Maeda comes in to start and scores a goal. <laughs> so yeah. What a finish. Still feel, I still feel like we've not seen the best of Maeda yet. I, I don't think he's fully up to speed. No, no. Like, Do you think it's about, it's like the expectations on him. It's like everyone, Kuyogo, bang, right? Okay. Um, uh, Hatati and bang hits the ground running. Now everyone's like, "Is this just what happens when you sign Japanese players? They just <laughs> come in and hit the ground running." He scored two goals in what three starts, hasn't he? Yeah. If you include the the cup game. Very lucky there. that by the way, one though. Yeah, but so you make your own luck as well. The mm. the only thing is that like, he played. He started out in the the wide area, and it wasn't until he moved into the centre forward position where I think you've really seen the best of him in the game because the pace of the guy and the runs he can make was giving their defenders a torrid time in the second half. So I think. Going forward, his best position might be up front. So while Kyogo's out, that's fine. But Jackamakis also. I've got done no all right. beef with Jackamakis, by the way. No, that no. he put it about in he that Motherwell yeah. game. He put it about. So I saw a tweet, someone says he looks like he was made in a lab specifically for Livingston away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Playing them. Wasn't it one of our tweets, was it? Was no, it no, I, don't think so. right. no, I don't think we can claim credit for that one. But yeah, he, he's an absolute nuisance. I just wish he could get a couple of goals. Just yeah, probably yeah. get the confidence up a bit. But if you're watching this. Yakimakis, we just want you to know that we appreciate the shout at you. A hundred percent. I think he's done a really good job and it's the type of thing that maybe doesn't necessarily show up in Mm. certain stats and all that. I don't know if there is a metric for getting right in about them (laughs) when it comes to defences. Of course there is. (laughs) Expected Uh, get in about them. (laughs) Expected nuisances (laughs) up front. Uh, A right good old-fashioned centre-forward and all that. But yeah, he's been... He, he's been important. I don't want to talk in those terms as if it's, you know, that he's just some sort of blunt object no, he's good. but he's been very very important in Celtic getting these results because he's given these defences something to really think about and in, in there I know that's a big cliche but that's specifically what he's but it's not just do. like blunt 
instrument running about elbow no. people like see the track back he does yeah, the work yeah. in midfield oh, and all very, that very he's, he's unbelievable he's not I remember when we signed Dion Dublin and he mm. came in he was basically just this big battering ram up front he was getting towards the end of his career and he would just swagger onto the pitch and start barging people about that's not what he is at all like no. Jackie Marcus gets about the pitch and puts in a lot of work off the ball fights for the ball as well so he's been he's been crucial in this last couple of results I don't mean to imply that he's just this big lump up front because that couldn't be further from the truth he's, he's very intelligent and he's like pressing and all that because the, the, I think there was specific instructions for him for his pressing against Rangers because there was times he was he was sort of deeper than the wingers pressing and he was doubling up on players and putting Rangers under pressure and as we've seen they couldn't handle it he was good again at the weekend Maeda goes up front scores like Tom Rogic comes in and is brilliant and then like Hattati and Cal McGregor go off at half time and Matt O'Reilly comes on and spreading <laughs> yeah. balls through. He's back healing all these passes. Like Celtic were just showboating in the second half. It was 3 0 again at half time. And like I was again nervous going into the game because I will be for every game until Celtic score. But once we scored and then bang bang, two quick goals, and you're like, well, this is job done before half time again. And it's not as if that we're getting breaks of the ball and all that. We're shredding teams, yeah. we're ripping them mm -hmm. apart in different ways. Like Greg Taylor into Hitati crosses it and then there's Abada running in the ball from Ralston the cutback from Abada Rogic and then Rogic has got his wonder goal as well in there like, where do you stop Celtic what specifically do you stop because you blunt Giacomacus then you've got two guys out wide that can do something you can then you've got two central midfielders making runs then you've got these fullbacks you need to think about then you corners cut I, I think the Starfield. only way to stop Celtic is if if, if Get a plastic you, pitch. No, no, that <laughs> you really sit in, you dig in, you hope nothing comes off for Celtic, which was easier to do when we didn't have all these options yeah. and all these players and all these way to change the game, Stephen. Or you have to be a Leverkusen and you have to run over the top. Is yeah. you have to take your game to us, and it's like top trumps just hopes that your game beats us because if you if you change the way you play and try and stop Celtic playing domestically. I don't know if there's many teams that can do it. It's a good point. Um, Leverkusen did do do that to an yeah. extent, but there's only so many of those that are going to come up against well, that's every it. That's season. Why, yeah, yeah. yeah, they are probably not not necessarily elite, but probably like a second tier European side at the mm. moment. The best team we play this season. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's easier said than done from a domestic point of view to just rock up for that to be your plan against yeah. Celtic, because not everyone has those resources. You think that'll be Aberdeen's plan next when we play them? Um, it may well be. It may well be, but. They are not in the not in the no. game. Beleaguered Aberdeen, but they are beleaguered. I think they are officially beleaguered at the moment. So I would never dismiss them. Every game is extremely important just now. And you know, as much as I, I've just said, I was nervous going into the mother game for those reasons, just because it's a totally different challenge to someone like Rangers. I feel the same way about Aberdeen, but that's just me. That's just how well, I play these games. It's yeah. kind of, I'm, a, I'm in Melly's camp, one game at a time yeah, now. Yeah, that's just it. crossing the fixtures off the calendar, making our way through them, no looking too far ahead. We've got Aberdeen up next, then we've got Wraith, then we're into Europe, knockout football returns to Celtic right. Park. It's Every game is crucial. We just need to take it one at a time. But that Rangers game was, I just feel a lot better about the team now. And I said it on the reaction podcast, it's Andrew's giving us our team back. Yeah, definitely. Look, we're all only one point ahead. and when you're looking at Rangers came back and beat Hearts at the weekend mm. so that's the third place team and they scalped them 5-0 so we're not going to get many favours for the rest of the I actually think season. that might be good for Celtic that result because it would immediately get rid of any notion if it did exist that Rangers were done and out yeah, to well, see Rangers go and do that in the camp and can use that and say at the camp look 
That, that's If we take our eye off the ball, yep. that's what can happen. You're right, because we spent far too long last season wondering when the collapse was going yeah. to come from them. We simply can't afford to take that attitude towards it. We simply have to be about Celtic from now on. And in summary, if, if we're kind of getting towards the, the wrap-up of this... We are. Um, we, <laughs> we are. Good. <laughs> um, I, I'm really delighted with how Celtic performed in that mm. game. I, re I really am. And I think it, it goes without saying almost, but I want to say it anyway. I was really, really proud of the team mm -hmm. and the fans and the manager. I was really happy for everyone after that performance because it's only one game. It's only one yep. game and it's only three points. No matter who you're playing yep. against, it's only three points, but it did put us to the top of the table. But as I've been keen to point out, at several points this season, it's not just about how the season ends it's about what happens along the way it's about the journey and all yeah. those trite cliches and all that but I do believe that it's about you know stopping every so often and taking stock of where you've come in the last year and, hell, and, that, yeah. and what a distance that mm. is literally and figuratively and what what a distance this team has come um, in that short space of time with just one manager and a load of good recruitment and a, a good system that the players have bought into that's all it is hey, and a good backroom staff right. for all the part, yeah. Yeah. get rid of them all yeah. get rid of get these guys out of our club I thought it was quite telling that he had a uh, Gavin Strachan and his manager of the month official photos vindication for Cyber Gav yes yeah he's got Never a new about. laptop and all that I think for, for manager of the month look and on that guys this is a good place to wrap up thank you so much for joining us on this episode of 20 Minute Tims if you want more content podcast videos writing and all that stuff from us or you just want to support the podcast patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims there's a link below thank you so much for joining us thanks for watching and listening Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.